Heavenly Father, we just want to thank You for what You're doing in our lives and Your provision. And Lord, uh, we just thank You that uh, You are not limited by our thought process or our understanding. And Lord, that You just continue work working in our lives to help us to serve You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz? ...of how to witness... And uh, I will warn you beforehand, there's uh, not going to be anything new or exciting uh, in, in this series, really. Um, but I hope it will give us some impetus and direction and uh, uh, just desire to be a better witness. Uh, we understood last week that Jesus had very different approaches for different people. Uh, He was uh, very kind and patient with the woman at the well here in John chapter 4. He answered her questions. He took time with her. But when it came to the Jews, the religious leaders of the Jewish people, uh, Jesus was quite antagonistic. In fact, he was downright mean at times and, and uh, uh, just uh, uh, gave them uh, no end to frustration. He didn't answer their questions. He refused to give any credibility to really anything they said. He refused to even recognize them. As religious leaders, and of course there was a purpose in that, because they didn't believe the truth. And so what I'd like for us to do this week is just to go back to John chapter 4 and uh, just give you three things that you're going to need to do, three things you're going to need to understand if you're going to tell somebody about Jesus. And, And number one... Uh, uh, well, before we get to number one, let's just preface it with this. None of this is complicated. None of this takes a class in soul winning. It's one of the reasons I'm not giving out outlines this time uh, is simply because uh, you can take my outline home and follow it all you want, but it's not going to do anything for you. It, it's just practical living. Uh, this is, And that's really what telling other people about Jesus is. It should be a natural result of our relationship with Christ. Number one, if you're going to tell somebody about Jesus, you need to start with understanding what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Now, that's a revelation, isn't it? That's, that's a uh, a really deep thought. Everybody says, but Pastor, I know that. Yes, we know that. But I want to ask you, when's the last time you just sat down and thought about what Jesus did to save you? That's not something we do on a regular basis. But if you want to be able to tell people about Jesus... Now, our story here, this woman at the well, did not have a a long relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was only uh, a few minutes conversation there at the well. I mean, it 
it takes us about 10 or 15 minutes to, to, to read through this passage, but uh, to actually speak the words is a lot faster than, than you can read them. And yet, here's where she started. You know, Jesus knows every sin that you've ever sinned. He knows all about you. I love the way my pastor said it. He knows everything about me. And he still loves me. Isn't that the story of the woman at the well? Isn't that really what she was saying when she told the men of the city? He told me ever all that I did. uh, Who in their right mind would want to talk to a woman that did everything that she did? And uh, the... The, the simple truth is, you, you need to remember that Jesus knows everything about you. There's sometimes we get, um, excuse me, in, so involved in our Christianity that we have a tendency to almost uh, uh, look down on people who don't have what we have. Uh, some of us weren't raised in Christian homes. Praise God if you were. But the thing we need to grasp, thing we need to remember, the thing that will keep us in the right attitude as we tell others, is He knows every sin that I've ever sinned. But He still loves me. Amen? He paid for every sin. This is what Jesus did for me. When he was on the cross, and and this really is a great illustration of helping uh, people who are believers understand a little deeper doctrine about the local church. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for every individual as if they were the only person that ever lived. Isn't that a wonderful way of looking at it? I mean, that's what he did. He is a propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And that carries over to the doctrine of the local church. You see, Jesus can be the head of every individual local church as if they were the only church in existence. That's the way he treats us. And one day we'll all be assembled together in heaven. And we'll all be one church. We'll all share a common salvation. That's what the book of Jude is all about. But Jesus paid for every sin and he will forgive. Whosoever will. Now, of course, everyone here knows that. If you're saved, you know that because he's forgiven you. And and you need to just remember, this is your testimony. So, oftentimes, we think that we need to have all of these horrible things happen to us or have done all of these horrible things to have a testimony. I'll tell you, the greatest testimony that I believe a person can give is God kept me from all of those things that are out there in the world. Amen. But if 
you were out there in the world and did all those horrible things before you got saved, let me tell you something. God's forgiveness is there. But the person who was saved as a little child, grew up in a Christian home, never had the opportunity to do things that many unsaved people do. They still needed the same blood to forgive their sins that the most vile of sinners needs. There is no difference. How many sins do you have to commit to be removed from heaven and God's grace? Just one. That's God's standard. And it will not hurt you. It will only help you to spend some time. Maybe you need to get out a pencil and paper if you're that kind of person. And just write down what Jesus did for you when he saved you. How that he knew every sin. That I have sinned and will sin. And yet he forgave me for them all. He loves me not because of what I've done, but because of who I am. A human being. Originally created in his image, though that image has been marred by sin. And his forgiveness is for whosoever will come to him. Now this next one. Uh, I don't know how many times I've read through this, and I don't know that I ever really saw this as I'm going to present it tonight. Uh, you have to, and I've, I've said this many times, when you talk to somebody about Jesus, you've got to talk to somebody who's going to listen. You know where she went? Let's read it here. Um, verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. Now, isn't it interesting that she didn't talk to the other women in the city? Uh, do you think the other women in the city were going to listen to her? Uh-uh. Uh, a woman with her reputation would have been shunned, uh, would have been a, an outcast, would not be listened to. Uh, unfortunately, the men in the city knew who she was, and so she talked to them. But I want to ask you a question. Let's go down to, to verse uh, 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Does, do you think that many included some of the women of the city as well? No, I believe it probably did. If many Samaritans, it didn't say many men. In the book of Acts, there was very careful uh, reckoning. There were about 3,000 men added to the church at one time and 5,000 men. Uh, those numbers were very specific and and God's not afraid of numbers, but there were many Samaritans that believed on Jesus. But you know what? She went and she told the men, because they would listen to her. And by the way, there's nothing uh, perverse or uh, dirty in this at all. She was saying... 
He knows everything about me, but He still loves me. He's got to be the Messiah. You know what? The men went home and they got their wives and they said, Listen, this man knew everything she did and he still loved her. He's got to be the Messiah. We're going. Could you imagine that? She talked to somebody who would listen. Now, sometimes we want to witness to somebody who doesn't want to listen. Let, let me, I'm not trying to discourage you in this, but you cannot make someone want to listen. What you have to do is you have to wait for an opportunity to speak. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just leave a gospel track laying around. They're not going to listen to you, but maybe they'll read the track. Uh, I have offered this on many occasions. It's uh, been taken up on it in a few. There are some people that they say, listen, I I know you. I don't believe you. I want to talk to somebody who knows more about the Bible than you do. Hey, I'm available. I'll come over to your house or to their house. I'll I'll come with you and say, well, this is our resident expert. Uh, And... uh, the, the simple truth of the matter is, you have to wait. You have to find someone who will listen. And, and this has been proven over and over and over again. You have a loved one who will not listen. Go find somebody else that will. And God will send somebody to your loved one. You go find somebody who will listen. And I'll tell you, that's one of the reasons we go out Saturdays. And I'll tell you, it's frustrating. You sit there and you pass out tracks. And you may hand out two or three hundred tracks or so on a, on a Saturday morning. And how many people are going to talk to you about their soul? Maybe nobody. I mean, more often than not, nobody. Well, what are you doing? I'm still planting seeds. I'm still giving people opportunities. I do not like it when someone says, Oh, I don't want one of those. But what have I done? I've given them an opportunity whether they want it or not. And uh, I know there are some people out there that just force the issue. But I'll, I'll tell you what, you, can't, you can make someone pray a prayer. I mean, that's not too hard. I'll leave you alone. All you have to do is ask Jesus. I've heard people say that. That's not faith in Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Faith in Jesus Christ. And and this is where we're going to get to the third point tonight. Not going to be long because I want you to take this home and I want you to think about it during the week and pray about it. Number one, you, you need to get a hold of, you need to understand, you need to think about, you need to meditate on what Jesus has done for you in saving your soul. You know what? I brought my life to Him and He forgave me for my sins. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says so. 
That's not complicated. You say, but pastor, you say it so much better than I do. Well, I, I should be able to say it better because I've been doing this for a very long time. But that's no excuse for you not doing it. The woman at the well only knew Jesus for a few minutes. But she understood what he had done for her. And she told people. But you have to tell somebody who's willing to listen. She didn't go to the ladies of the town. She didn't go to the little children. Uh, That may not have been a very positive outcome had she done that. But she went to someone who was willing to listen and they listened. And guess what? They brought their families. Now here's the toughest one. You've got to allow people to meet Jesus. You've got to allow people to get to know Jesus. So let's just read through this passage here, starting in verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe. Not because of thy saying, for we have heard the hymn ourselves, and know that this indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know what? No one in this world is going to get saved because of you. They're going to get saved because of Jesus. Amen? And you've got to give time. Some people don't want to listen. So what do you do? When God gives you opportunity, you give them a gospel track. You share with them what you can. But there'll come a time when somebody might say to you, Well, you know how you tried to get me saved all those years? Well, somebody, you know, they'll they'll name somebody else and they'll say, they gave me a a track or they did something or they told me about something or they took me to church and I got saved. You know what? I rejoice in the Lord. I've heard preachers complain. Man, I've said this a hundred times and this evangelist comes in and everybody believes everything he says. Oh, it was so simple. You know what? I praise the Lord because the people wouldn't have understood what the the evangelist had said if we hadn't laid all the foundation uh, over the period of time. And when someone understands the truth, we rejoice, regardless of the messenger. Amen. Now, of course, if they talk about Joel Olstein and getting a blessing from Joel Olstein, we don't get happy about that because there's nothing he has to say that has anything to do with the Bible that's going to bless you. Uh, you say, you're, you're so harsh when it comes to that kind of stuff. I know, uh, but I, I hope to shock you into not tuning into that kind of stuff because it's not going to help you. Um, I'm, I'm a very positive person. I believe the Word of God is true. 
And if you disagree with the word of God, I believe. I'm positively convinced that you're wrong. And, uh, and we want to make no exceptions to that rule. But we've got to give time. So you, some of us need to remember when we go back to point number one. Some of you had to struggle long and hard to turn loose of your religion and your false beliefs and your sin so that you could accept Christ. Don't expect someone to grab a hold of that same truth in just seconds. Give them time. That's why you need to understand what Jesus has done for you. And if, if someone won't listen to you, if you're a friend, if you're a family member, if, if that person who just burdens your soul on a daily basis won't listen to you, go find somebody who will. Uh, that's what Saturday track passing is all about. Uh, that's what fellowships are about. That's what reaching out to people is about. And we plant the seed and some of it's going to fall on the wayside. The Bible tells us some of it's going to uh, go into the stones. Some of it's going to grow up in the weeds. But there's going to be some of it that's going to fall on good ground. It's amazing the person who uh, is willing to give out the tracts and talk to the most people is probably going to lead the most people to the Lord. It's amazing how that works. I've even heard some Calvinists say, well, it's amazing. Uh, the more people I talk to about Jesus, the more elect people I find. And I'm sitting here going, okay, if you want to look at it that way, go ahead. But uh, the simple truth is, God wants us to get the gospel out. And if you're going to talk to somebody, talk to somebody that's going to listen. And if you can't find somebody to listen, have you ever thought about just praying about it? God, send me somebody who wants to hear the gospel. Do you think God might hear, answer that prayer? I'll tell you what, there's lots of people. He said uh, one of the things that Jesus told us to pray for was that the Lord would send forth laborers into the harvest. Amen? And so that last one is you've got to give time. Be patient. Uh, I met a fellow that... Probably on the sidewalk uh, the other day, just met him. Um, we were probably hasn't been here in a service in 10 years. I said, how are you doing? I already knew the answer. I could see it in his face. And uh, he says, well, not very well, preacher. I said, we're, we're still here. We're still doing the same things that we were doing uh, the doors are still open. He said, you need to come. He says, I know I do. I'm just not sure I'm ready yet. I said, well, don't wait too long. And uh, the truth of our matter is, you can't make someone come church. You can bully people. You can emotionally manipulate people. You can do all these things and... And I know preachers that do them, and I don't endorse that. I don't like that. Uh, but they need to hear and understand in their own heart, or they will never be saved. 
And that's simply what it is. But if you're going to try to talk to someone, one of the, one of the most stated things is, well, what if they have a question that I can't answer? Wait a minute. Let's go back to the first point. Understand what Jesus did for you. Oftentimes, people's questions are like, well, what about the aborigines in Australia? Well, you know what? I don't know about the aborigines. But this one thing I know. He told me all that ever I did. And He still loved me. And He forgave me for my sins. See, you're a broken record. Yeah. Because that's what Jesus did for me. Amen? And that's how I got saved. And if you're going to get saved, that's how you're going to get saved. And so when somebody starts asking you all these crazy questions about where Cain got his wife, and, and um, I say, you know, there are so many things in the Bible we just don't know. But I do know this. He knows everything about me. He still loved me. And when I asked Him to forgive me for my sins, He did. Not because I'm such a good prayer, but because He's such a good God. Remember what Jesus did for you. And by the way, if you're struggling with life, if you're having problems with depression, if you're having problems with sin, if you're having problems with anything, it, it will only help you to remember what Jesus did for you when He saved you. That will draw you closer to Him. The closer you get to Jesus, the farther you are away from the world. And don't, I don't know how else to say this, don't waste your time talking to people who don't want to listen. Even if the greatest burden in your heart is for them to get saved, you're only making it more difficult for them to get saved by forcing the issue. If they'll take the track, let them take the track. If they won't do anything, guess what? You can't reach in their heart and make them do right. But I will tell you this. If you'll keep living a good testimony for Jesus Christ, if there is anything, any work of God in their heart at all, God will make an opportunity for you to witness to that person. There will come a time when they will be willing to listen. And the last thing is you've got to give people time. You've got to give them the opportunity to meet Jesus. That's why I love giving out tracts that are full of the Bible. The John and Romans that we have. Somebody's really interested in, in anything of the Bible. I love to give them one of those marked edition of John and Romans. We have several cases of them here. And if you give them all out, guess what? We'll get several more. We're, we have, we'll, we'll find a way to keep our, keep in, in those. And I want you to be in prayer. Uh, I, uh, hopefully this week I want to rework a little bit our Thanksgiving and Christmas tracks and get them on order so that we can have them to pass out this year. And, uh, uh, but that person has to meet Jesus personally by themselves. 
Make sure you don't get in the way. And make sure you don't get offended when they say, Hey, I know what you said, but that's not why I believe in Jesus. Rejoice that they believe in the Lord Jesus. Amen. And that's the story of the woman at the well. And, and again, this is not a, a sermon that you can just take the, the notes home and go over them and say, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. What I want you to do is just pray about what we've preached about tonight and ask God to give you opportunity this week to put it in practice. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord... I would ask that you'd give us a better understanding of what you've done for us, that you would give us opportunity to just stop and think and thank you and praise you for saving our souls. Lord, I ask that you would give us discernment, that we would know who is listening and who doesn't want to. Lord, that you would help us to get out of the way and just be that signpost that we're supposed to be. That we would point people to Jesus. That it would not be about us or about our soul-winning efforts, but it would be about you and the finished work on Calvary's cross, the empty tomb, and Lord, the written Word of God. Help us to be faithful to tell others what you've done for us. This week, before next Sunday gets here, Lord, I pray that there'd be people in this auditorium right now that are saying, Pastor, I'm praying. That's what I want. And Lord, we know that you answer prayers that are according to your will, and it is your will that every person should hear the gospel. And we certainly have many of them right here in Astoria. And And in our city in which we live. And wherever you would have us to travel during this week. Lord, we ask that you give us opportunities to talk to people about their souls. Before we finish that prayer, if you'd like to just slip out and spend a few moments at the altar. The altar is open. And uh, then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.